Hello, everyone, and it's a very special 600th episode of Locked On Canadians. Today, we're going to discuss the Habs Flyers tank off, whether the Canadians can win a game for Carey Price at all before the season is over in just four games. And we're going to get to all our listener questions in the Friday mailbag. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Lockdown Canadians. It is our 600th episode, and in that time, we have covered a lot of bad Canadians teams, and we've done it all with a smile on our face and spite for our enemies in our hearts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metlin. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, we stayed up to watch a game where the Canadians um, didn't do much of anything of note for most of the game. How are we feeling after that? And how are we feeling about 600 episodes? I have a question for you. Do you think the Canadians are going to be able to get one W between now and the end of the season? Just once. So, like, here's the thing. is that <laughs> was not Carey Price's night, uh, clearly. You don't give up six goals, uh, you know, by being good, but at the exact same time, the team played pretty much like crap for most of the night. And that that's the question Laura and I have both had because they play the senators on Saturday, the Bruins on Sunday, they play the Rangers on Wednesday. And then the Panthers, I believe next Saturday as well. Friday. And what they're not even playing the last game of the season on a set. Anyways, that's it's the 29th of April. That's stupid. Anyways, why no, why would they do that at the same time as the rocket? You know what? No. I don't care. I'm I'll I'll work through that in therapy or on my own time, but there are four <laughs> games left. I don't Carey Price is not going to start both back-to-backs, and I imagine they will, will probably give Samuel Montembeau one more game in there. I I hope they can get him at least one win this season. I do not think it'll be easy. Uh, there are no easy games. The Senators, for as poor as they've been this season, are not an easy out. The Rangers are good. The Panthers are good. The Bruins are good. But if there was ever a team for Carey Price to show up against and just slam the door in their faces for the shiggles, it's the Boston Bruins. So I think that's the most hilarious option to me. But it all depends on who they start Saturday. And I imagine they're going to start Mr. Saturday Night on Saturday night against the Senators. At least I would hope so. I do believe the game is in Ottawa, though. Why? Does that change anything? Just that we have to hear their stupid goal horn a lot. I mean, it is in Ottawa. No, I mean, like, wouldn't you start... Would, so wouldn't you start Carey Price at home on Sunday? And start I, Montembeau? I know he's Mr. Saturday Night. 100% give you that, and it's Hockey Night in Canada, blah, blah, blah. But it is the Boston Bruins and then the Ottawa Senators. Wouldn't you... Wouldn't you start Montembeau in Ottawa and give Carey Price another home game? I I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I want to beat the Senators. <laughs> like, I, this is why I'm not the head coach, because you are right in that starting Montembeau against the Senators with a back-to-back happening that weekend against a stronger opponent does make sense. 
But I also look at it from the viewpoint of, do you want Carey Price behind a tired defense coming off of nine months worth of injury recovery? Or do you want him in the rested game? You know, and unfortunately it feels so mean to say this about Samuel Montembeau, you don't care if Montembeau gets lit up in that game because you're terrible anyways. You want to at least give your goalie a chance to win and your team a chance to win. And that's tied into a tweet here from John Lou after the game. After losing to Philadelphia on Thursday, the Canadians can climb no higher than 30th place in the NHL standings. And if Seattle gains just one more point, the Canadians are locked into 31st place overall. I look at that and I go, okay, you just do whatever. If Kerry wants to start three out of the four final games, you let Kerry play three of the four final games. If he says nope and you want Samuel Montembeau to play, you let Samuel Montembeau play at that point. So I I just want them to get a win for him. Out of everything that's happened this year, that, that game was terrible. I Outside of what looked like intentional tanking, as I've never seen a team miss so many odd man rushes at once, in one game, it almost felt intentional. And it's like, can you guys, you wanted to go score goals, you did that, you still got to win the game though. So like, who knows? If there's ever a game that Carey Price that was going to show out and win, it's going to be against the Boston Bruins. So you may be right. He may start Sunday against the Bruins and Montembeau goes Saturday. Well, the thing is, like, um, sorry, not Carey Price. Uh, uh, Martin and Louis said he would ask Carey. So, like, look at it from Carey's point of view. Wouldn't you want to start against the Bruins? Like, if you're Carey Price and they're putting it in your hands, wouldn't you say, I would rather have the Bruins game at home? I mean, yeah. I, I Outside of... If I was in that situation, probably, yeah, because he likes to challenge himself. It, it's such a weird combination of things. I'm almost half expecting him to be like, yes, I'm going to play both games because I'm Carey Price, at which point red flags and alarm bells are going to start going off in my head there. So I also look at the Ottawa game in that they get chippy, they get ugly, they get very stupid, which means people inevitably get hurt, and I would rather probably not have the guy who just spent nine months injured get injured in that game. So I guess we'll see. I think they're going to get one here one way or the other for Carey Price for the end of the season. If they don't, uh, out of everything that's happened in the second half of the season where we knew they were going to be bad and get worse, I think that would be arguably the thing that upsets me the most is that they weren't able to get Carey Price at least one win in his uh, short return to the team here. Yeah, I think, you know what, though? At the end of the day, this was a tanking season to begin with, and uh, I, I am going to repeat myself because I said this in in Mike Orbrand's Twitter space in the intermission. The offseason for the Montreal Canadiens this year is going to be far more interesting and gratifying and enjoyable than the regular season has been. I think that's just the way it is. It's, it's, it's never a good sign about your team when that's the case, but I think there's so many exciting things on the horizon that... It's it's not worth getting bogged down in these losses in which we know they don't have enough talent. We know they need to switch out some of the assistant coaching staff. We know they need new ideas. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, I'm excited about all the draft coverage we're going to do. I'm excited about prospect analysis we're going to do uh, of the Canadians that are in the system, like the prospects that are in the Canadian system, as well as people who might join and then will have joined. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the future. And there's going to be so much talk in the offseason, trades, uh, drafts, signings. I cannot wait. So it's not worth it too much to get too upset about this, except for the fact that we don't want Carey Price to end this season completely winless. 
Yes, and to not end this on like a negative note or anything like that, the Laval Rocket on the day that you were listening to this episode can clinch a playoff berth with a win over the Toronto Marlies. So we got that going for us at least. But coming up in our next segment, it is Friday. It means it's the Friday mailbag. It is an extra large mailbag because you sent us so many questions across all forms of social media. And that's coming up next. But first, we got to talk to you about Built Bar. And Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate, low in calories, low in sugar, low in your net carbs, but very high in protein and a humongous range of flavors from things like mint brownie, coconut almond, the new white chocolate cookies and cream, and everything in between. And there's also Built Puffs, the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're great, melt them in your hot chocolate uh, at night or have them in the morning on your way to work as a snack. They have everything. And if you go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. They have so much. They're constantly adding new flavors. Please check it out. Find whatever you are looking for. We vouch by Built Bar all the time. We hope you will too. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. At built.com. <laughs> All right. So it is Friday. That means it is time for our Friday mailbag. And remember, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Hit us up in the YouTube comments. Or uh, as Laura found out, uh, sometimes we get Instagram questions. So let's let's start there, I guess, with our first ever Instagram question, I'm pretty sure. No, we, we've gotten one before. Uh, and this one comes from our friend, uh, I'm going to say his name because he said I could, uh, Carmichael on Instagram. And um, I, you know, I don't mind however you send us the mailback questions. We just love hearing from all of you. Uh, and I feel like here it is. All right. Where do we see Ryan Dealing fitting next season? I saw him score two goals on Saturday, which was awesome. And I see him taking a big step next year, going up and down between Laval and Montreal can't be good for the mental part of his game and not to mention the Ducharme syndrome. And he seems to be making more progress under St. Louis. So obviously we talked a lot about in the early season, why wasn't Ryan Palin cracking the lineup? And now he has cracked the lineup. Where do we see him next year? Because alternating, depending on the night, you see a lot from him or you see nothing from him. I, I look at it this way. And we talked about this with uh, Andrew Berkshire and Ian Boisvert on Game Over is that he's making all these smart reads and plays until it comes to the conclusion and then sometimes the end product is not there and i think he could be a guy who is a staple bottom sixer i think he might be a winger uh, if they need him but the progress has been there i thought he played really well against the flyers again admittedly the flyers are a bad hockey team but so were the canadians he's getting better and getting his confidence back the finish is just lacking a little bit but he was never a high offensive ceiling guy I think he's likely going to be your 4C or a 3-winger next year just because he has some of that. I think you have Evans, Paling, and X on that third line there and go from there. Uh, he's a very interesting case, though, because I also think he has a lot of trade value for a team that might be able to fit his style better. But I don't think they're looking to move him, at least not right now. I am like a million percent in agreement with you. So we've got a friend, uh, our friend in Barcelona, David, who uh, said he had an idea for Fridays in the Mailbag, but we can't actually complete this part. So he said, what, what if the listeners 
were to send in their favorite songs about hockey and do one a week. So because of YouTube rules, we can't rights rules, uh, but we can mention the songs. Um, and so, you know, we invite people to kind of share what their favorite songs about hockey are. Also, you know, absolutely please share um, uh, movie, hockey movies and things like that. We can maybe do pop culture segments. So I do think that, you know, that's a great idea. So thanks, David and Barcelona. And we have a mailbag question that was literally in the YouTube comments from Sebastien. For the mailbag, a lot of talk lately regarding who might be on defense next season. But who are the 12 forwards you expect to start the season with the Habs? It's a lot trickier. <laughs> All right. So if we're going to break this down by forwards, we're going to go top line. You're going to have Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson. That's three. You're going to have Gallagher and Dvorak. That's five. I believe you're going to see Jesse Alonen, who will be six. Jake Evans, it will be seven. Um, Paul Byron will likely be eight. Uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard, I believe, will be nine. Oh, man. This is hard because I assume Hoffman's going to go. I would more than likely assume that. Um, I think, and I don't think Yol Armia is on the team next year either. I think he's going to get traded out. Oh, oh Shane Wright will be 10. <laughs> I think Michael Pizzetta will be back next year. I think he kind of earned a spot in the lineup, and I think they'll keep him around. And I think Laurent Dauphin will be around. I think that's 12. It's not great. And I think there's going to be uh, whoever they go after in free agency, whether it be a winger or another center, I think will be in there. And one of those uh, Pizzetta Dauphin guys is going to be uh, bumped to the uh, AHL or as a healthy scratch 13th forward kind of situation. It's very much in flux. I realize as I get through the first eight and I go, um, and it makes me realize next year is going to be uh, painful to uh, be very kind about it. It's going to be a growing season unless they have a big splash in free agency. Yeah. I just want to, before we move on to more questions, thank Paul G for a great idea that you sent in in the YouTube for uh, some shows. So look out for that uh, right after we find out where the, the Canadians draft. And now we're going to move to our, uh, questions that we received on Twitter. And uh, we'll start with our friend Goalie Droid. What is your favorite Habs game of the season so far? Oh, God. Jesus. Have there been any good Habs games this season? Um, I, I want to say either the wins over Toronto, but I want to say the one where they just blew Toronto out of the water like 5-1 is probably at the peak there. Um Cole Caulfield's OT winner against Philadelphia was a good one. Uh, Martin St. Louis' first win as a Habs coach was very meaningful. And that 6-5 shootout game against Tampa Bay was a lot of fun as well. But I think my big pick is that game over Toronto where the Habs came out and just smoked them in the first like 35 minutes of play um, is definitely something I really enjoyed a whole lot. And in terms of games they played well in uh, – both Flames games weren't horrible. They had a good game against the Oilers. Um, they've been few and far between, though, and it's not good that I have to think that hard and one doesn't really come to mind immediately outside of the Toronto one. I think the Tampa one is for me. I do like when the Canadians beat Toronto. That's always fun, but I think the Tampa one is it for me. Uh, what else we have? We got time for one, maybe two more uh, Twitter questions. Uh, what type of Canadians merchandise that hasn't been made available yet to your knowledge 
would you not hesitate to buy? This is a very dangerous question to first thought. Well, one, I'm a sucker for crew neck sweatshirts and sweatpants, like the um, like the athletic like workout style sweatpants that like Under Armour makes. I am a sucker for things like that. Um, as someone, but who it spent has to 50, not have been made. Have I don't know if they've made them or not is the thing. <laughs> so like, I'm just assuming they haven't. And if they have, uh, point me in the direction, please. You're talking to a guy who spent fifty five dollars on sweatpants made by The Rock. So like, come on. Um, <laughs> I do um, love crew neck sweatshirts though. I have far too many and I will happily add another one to my repertoire if I can. Okay. Well, I mean, they make Canadians condos. So <laughs> I think a Canadian me- student loan debt forgiveness that they should make one of those <laughs> so I can pay off my student loans. I think for me, and this question comes from Jeff, the red, I don't know if I mentioned that uh, for me, it would be a Canadian's car. Like a literal, like I really want a whatever they've replaced the Tiguan with, the Volkswagen Tiguan, but like in Canadian's colors. That's what I would get. Oh, geez. All right. Um, we do have more quick mailbag questions coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is always also brought to you by betonline.net, who is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. And you can get all the latest developments, including league reviews and news. From the NBA playoffs, the start of the MLB season, the NHL playoffs are right around the corner. The NFL draft is a week away. There's so much you can keep up on. And Bet Online has all the information you need from playoffs, esports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so we are back with our final segment. Remember, if you want to send us mailbag questions uh, Thursday for our Friday episodes at LO underscore Canadians, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com, or down in the YouTube comments, as long as you are not a jerk, that is the one rule. Laura, what else do we have in questions today? Our good friend Andy. Hi, Andy. A new 4 by 4 mixed league, or 4 versus 4 mixed league, is starting. You can pick any four players, but it has to be two men and two women. Who is on your team? Well, it's uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin and Hillary Knight with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. All the goals. All of the goals. I don't care that none of them are a defense, uh, defensive player. I don't care. Score a bazillion goals and be awesome while doing that. And then you also have two Americans and two Canadians. It's all, it's all thanos It's perfectly balanced and delightful and awesome. And I will hear no arguments otherwise. I can't argue with you. I literally sat here and I thought about, I obviously I went immediately Hillary Knight, Marie-Philippe Poulin. And I'm like, who am I going to pick from the men, dude? Uh, you know, I could add more women. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you're right. It would be so much fun. It, I mean, like I, I, you don't stop it. Like, and then I assume <laughs> Carrie Price is your starting goalie because it's four on four and he is outside the realm of that. But like, I know that it, it seems like a cop out to like pick the two most well known women, but also they played. They're also like very decorated. It's not yeah. like they're chumps, right? They played for the Montreal CWHL team. Like, why would I not pick them? It's so simple. Like, ay, ay, ay. All right. What else do we got? Uh, Randy Hansen says, congratulations on making it to 600 episodes, a great achievement and a lot of time and effort that I appreciate as a listener. And we appreciate you so much, Randy. You have no idea how much we appreciate you. Thank you. Your ideal version of the Habs next season includes what significant change? Is it tactical or personnel? 
Uh, right now, it's personnel. They need a true, like, actual defensive lifting center to allow Nick Suzuki a little bit more offensive creativity and maybe uh, help Christian Dvorak out. Or if you are making Christian Dvorak that guy, you need to give him a true defensive winger to play with him and Brendan Gallagher, I think. Uh, because we don't know what Martin St. Louis team looks like with an actual lineup. It's a lot of mishmash and puzzle pieces trying to fit in places and just seeing what works. So I, I, like I said in yesterday's episode, I don't want to quite judge St. Louis season yet in terms of tactics until I see him with an actual like NHL caliber lineup. I think that'd be fair to based on his uh, coaching resume, at least. I think so too. Uh, personally for me, I think tactically, like right now, I think they figured out what they want. So I don't know if you count it as a change if they figured out what they want, but they haven't gotten there yet. So I think personnel change and I would change uh, defensive and special teams coaching. I truly, uh, you know, as much as I love the coaches that are there on a personal level, I think, you know, everybody loves them for a reason. There's definitely a reason for that. I think that if you want to be a fast and skilled team, and you're planning to accumulate fast and skilled players, you need coaches that will deal with that. And I like the idea of Martin St. Louis because he has never coached in the NHL before. So he's going to be hard to game plan and coach against. So I wouldn't mind if they brought in people that are kind of unknown, but I also think that you need at least one person on that bench staff that is quite experienced in this league. Just because you never know, right? Like there's lots of things that... Uh, you could use for experience. But in terms of who decides and makes the decisions, I don't mind if they're people who are new, who are brand new, who have never coached or who have come from a different background. Kind of like Martin St. Louis. He's a hockey person. You can't say he doesn't have a hockey background, but he never coached. Uh, Next question will come from uh, Jeff the Red. What's the most surprising thing for you to come out of this podcast? Who? I mean, I guess how easy you kind of pick up in the routine. Like my biggest fear when I agreed to do this was I don't know how to edit a podcast. I don't know how to edit video. I don't know how to host a podcast. I don't know how to do any of this crap. And 600 episodes later, they still haven't fired me. And here we are. Uh, It gets very easy when you have a very good co-host who you work in sync with and are always in contact with and knowing what to do here. The, the wildest part is that I used to take an hour and a half to like edit shows down. And now I can just in the blink of an eye, I can get it done. And part of that is the ease with it being on video now, but just how easy I picked up the routine for all the little podcasting niches and stuff like that. It, it just kind of makes sense. It's a second nature to me right now. I tell my coworkers about it and they're like, how do you do all this? And it's like, it just comes naturally at this point. Yeah, I think part that's part that's part of mine as well is just how much it fits into my life. Uh, it just you know I know I need to do the podcast now. I know how much time I need to to budget for it. Uh, assuming nothing goes wrong, knock on wood. Our first ever episode, by the way, episode number one, we had to re-record the entire thing because of audio issues. Um, but uh, you know, just just how quickly I can kind of. Uh, you know, Scott and I will just have like two word conversations and we know what we need to do that day, whether it's time or topic or whatever. Uh, That's one. And I really think that for me, particularly, 
I have felt very, very blessed with uh, the some of the people that we've met through this podcast, whether it's other Locked On hosts, um, other fans that have come into contact with us, some friendships that have become solidified due to this podcast, I think. Uh, I, I say it all the time that I would never want to do this podcast with anyone other than Scott. Um, and I always knew that it was going to be a great working relationship. And it surprised me just how great it is. And I like I never... I never would have wanted to also do it with someone else because I really do think that your your co-host needs to have your back. And if you're a marginalized person in any way, your co-host needs to validate your lived experiences. And if they truly believe and validate that, then you'll have a good working partnership. So that's that's just, you know, that's just an opportunity I'm taking after 600 episodes to express appreciation for my co-host. But, you know, I think uh, just just how seamlessly it fits into my life now. <laughs> uh, so we've got a couple of other questions from some of our longtime listeners. Randy Hansen wants to know. What gross thing will you both have to do to celebrate this event? We're not doing any gross things because I still have to do my gross thing. But, but if we get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers, we promise to do another completely ill-advised, irresponsible, irresponsible, unhealthy stunt. So get us to 1,000 on YouTube, guys. Um, and then we've got another one from Jeff the Red. Uh what is something else each of you would gladly do 600 times? <laughs> nope. I'm not saying that on this show because this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> so. That's exactly where my brain went. Um, uh, this is a family-friendly show and I'm a child of God, so I will not be repeating <laughs> what went through my brain. Um, my first thought would be play Skyrim because I'm like halfway to 600 already to begin with. So like what's another 300 times playing that anyways? I, this time I won't be a stealth archer until I need to be a stealth archer, and I just play the same the, the game the same way that I've been playing it for a decade. Todd Howard, please release Elder Scrolls Six. I am begging you right now. Um, how about you, Laura? I thought about it. It's probably not something that's possible to do six hundred more times, but I would do is train for and run a half marathon. I've never done a full. I've done I've done some halves, as you can see behind me. I have my medals. Uh, I would I I love that feeling of crossing the finish line. I love everything that goes into the prep and the training. Uh, as you know, I've been injured and throughout the pandemic, injured and depressed. But I am getting back to it. I have gotten back into workout routine. I will start running. So hopefully, I might not be able to do six hundred more half marathons in my time, but I might be able to get to sixty. So that's what I'm going to aim for. Um, Randy asks, what do you have that you love but are embarrassed to be seen wearing in public? And I know why. Oh, man. I I, I really don't have anything I'm, like, embarrassed to wear in public. Like, I have a one thing I won't just because the logo has now been rebranded and it's um, more offensive is I have a very old Forlunda jersey when Arturi Lekkanen played there. And it's one of the ones that I used to like to wear to games because it was unique and limited. And now I look at it and go, maybe that's not a thing that I should wear, you know, out in public. If I'm bumming around the house, I'll toss it on just to wear, but it's not a thing. And for London's gone and changed their logo now. And I think that's part of it. Outside of that, I don't buy things I'd be embarrassed to wear out in public, I guess. I have a bunch of Red Sox t-shirts and one of them, um, I still wear it because it's comfortable and I'm 
not going to wear it out in public. I, it's not the end of the world. He just became a Yankee. It's Jacoby Ellsbury, right? So it's not, you know, as far as I know, he hasn't done any domestic violence or anything like that. So um, I still have it. Uh, I wear it a lot in the house, but I won't wear it out because I will be accused of being a pink hat who doesn't know that he's no longer on the team and he has been, it's been a long time. So that, that's, that's one question. So Andy has another question. You've been kidnapped. You'll be set free if you can sing one Disney song flawlessly. What are you singing? Uh, you're welcome from Moana. <gasps> I was going to say that too. I like, I don't, <laughs> no one should be shocked that that's the song that I'm picking, by the way. Like, uh, no welcome. one who knows me as a person <laughs> should be shocked that I'm picking You're Welcome. My girlfriend, who is upstairs, probably is going to overhear this and is groaning audibly right now because she, it's. Uh, if it wasn't that, it would probably be something from Hercules, I would imagine, or uh, make a man out of you from Mulan. Anything of that, but You're Welcome is my first one, so just because I do greatly enjoy that song. It's so fun to sing. Okay, so I'll change mine because you'll sing You're Welcome. I'll sing Let It Go because you heard it so much that like I, I can sing it in my sleep. Um, that's definitely how I get... Uh, set free i was gonna say get rescued no set free <laughs> nobody's gonna rescue me if they hear me singing that they're gonna tune it out uh let's see the habination asks how many licks to get to the center of a tussie pop well three if you have a jaw of steel like mr owl does uh i know the actual answer is something like 263 or something like they did a college study uh uh, on this so how licks to the center of it 364 is the actual like scientific answer which is sure <laughs> that's why not that comes from tootsie.com uh based on that is the average amount of licks it took to get to the center of a tootsie pop now i learned something new on this podcast see 600 episodes every day i learned something new and finally, we've got a question from our nemesis, who in honor of our 600th episode hasn't asked the most annoying question ever. He's asked a normal question-ish. Uh, what's the most surprising animal musical instrument pairing you could plausibly see, i.e. not a snake playing a trumpet, at a zoo? Who? I feel like... I want to say some kind of primate playing like the bongo drums. I... I don't know if that's surprising or not, but like, I don't know what answer he's looking for. Cause it's going to be something stupid. I know that much. So like, I'm going to say a lion or tiger, some kind of cat, some kind of, you know, majestic regal cat playing drums. He's going to be so mad that we both picked drums, which I think makes this the best possible answer we could have given them. So. <laughs> I mean, if I had a primate, I would be like, maybe I'll teach it to, to play the banjo. Um, that would be fun. But uh, I wanted I wanted to go regal. I really like lions and tigers. From a distance. I don't want to keep one as a pet. I'm not insane. Uh, Fair and enough. That's, <laughs> that's our 600 episode mailbag. All right, folks. Remember, if you want to send us more mailbag questions, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com and the YouTube comments, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you so much for our support through 600 episodes and our launch on YouTube this year. It's meant a lot to us. We're going to have at least 600 more and probably 600 more beyond that. Thank you so much. Uh, when you're done checking us out, make sure you're following Laura at The Active Stick and myself at Scott Matla. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. 
thousand subscribers equals something horrifying for both of us. And when you're done checking us out, please check on Lockdown Fantasy Hockey so they can help you close out and win those fantasy hockey titles wherever they may be. We will see you all next time.